Oh my god. <laughs> Caught you off guard with that one. A little bit. <laughs> Didn't expect it. All right. Back again. Ladder Relievers Podcast. I have a super, 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 super special guest. The best guest. The best guest. This is my wife. Hi. I'm Libby. Yep. That's Libby. <clears throat> Tonight. Libby Moxley. Libby Moxley, that's right. Can you tell them your last name? Uh, well, it's on there, so it's available. They can see that. Uh, anyway, we're going to be talking about relationships. And we're going to start with, I guess, how we met. And, you Is know, that what you guys want to know? You want to know how we met? Well, I got a story for you. We both swiped right. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it started. And that's how it started. Man, on Tinder, no less. Mm-hmm. But honestly, that's truly how we met um, at a bar called Hoops. That's right. And <clears throat> First was, date. Yeah, it was a four-hour. Well, date. I mean, no, you're you're skipping a little bit here because I feel you're leaving out the important part of me harassing the shit out of you on well, Tinder. Okay. And you ignoring yeah. me. I I did gloss over that fact, but I had good reason. I had no intention of going out with you. <laughs> Or anyone, for that matter. I was just on Tinder to appease my mother, who thought that I was sad and lonely, which is sad in itself. <laughs> so I got on Tinder, and little did I know that the first guy I matched with, I would marry. I didn't even go on another Tinder date with like, anyone do, else. Do you realize how? Winston. You realize how shitty that makes me sound? Yeah, it's like yeah, I just picked the first one. <laughs> <laughs> See, I never thought of it that way. It was more like, oh my gosh, how did I get so lucky the first time? Because usually you have to go through a string of creeps and perverts and guys who probably need you to pick them up. They sell drugs, something like that. But that was real specific. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying or speaking from experience, but I don't know. I just felt really lucky to meet a normal, stable guy the first time. I mean... Granted, I did think he was kind of rude the first night, but I also thought I was kind of rude the first night. I didn't think I was going to hear from him again. I had a thing about my hair. I didn't think he liked it, but... Well, yeah, Well, so going back to the to the app thing real quick, uh, I just want to establish. I, you know, I hit her with what I thought was a pretty slick vernacular. Oh. Uh, I was really proud of it. Slipped in splendiferous. <laughs> uh, I think it's a strong word strong way you know the the honeys are always hearing that hey what's up so you know no one you you got to think about this okay how you doing today you got to think right so there are when when a woman just gets to pick a litter it does not fucking matter what you you could look like a toad all right it (laughs) don't make a fuck you're a woman so any you could pretty much fuck any dude you want realistically Mm -hmm. realistically all right so as a woman, you swipe right, that shit's in the bag. You got it. it. You don't have to worry. As a man, it's totally different, right? We can swipe right all fucking day. And depending on the way you look as the guy, it's a totally different experience. So I just feel like you... And, and the reason I bring this up is because I remember you told me that you accidentally swiped right on me. <laughs> which which still bothers the shit out of me. And I know it ain't fucking true. No, I don't. It's not true. Okay, so you... I remember the suit you had on, of course. Okay, so you intentionally swipe right. All right. Yeah, I intentionally. I I just like fucking with you. Well, see, I bring that shit up because... And the reason, because I kind of lost my train of thought there for a second. um, Watching these motherfucking levels, making sure they ain't too high, too low. Mm. Uh, But yeah, like, the way I think about it is... 
these women, you know, probably scarcely swipe right because they they can just get whoever the fuck they want. It doesn't really matter, especially if you're an attractive woman. You could pretty much get whoever. So the way I see, okay, this some weird shit. I gotta. Yeah. It, anyway, uh, so basically, you see, you pretty much get to pick a litter. It doesn't really matter, and. You're swiping on these dudes, and then when these dudes just hit you with the, hey, what's up? I mean, are you fucking serious? Do you have any idea of the amount of competition you have as a guy? Seriously, you have to be, like, super, 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 super hot. Yeah, you either, exactly, exactly. You gotta be, like, banging-ass, good-looking to just be like, hey, sup? And the girl's like, oh, my God, yeah, she's swooning over your ass. Probably not gonna happen. Or, more realistically, you know, if you're you're not some model-looking motherfucker like my, like, I'm not, certainly, um... (laughs) You know, you gotta hit them with the with the vocabulary, some slick shit or some weird shit. Even if you just throw them off kilter and it's just kind of creepy and fucked up. Not creepy like what? Not not creepy in like a nasty way, but like in a funny way. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? So, personally, my my choice was um, my my action, I suppose I would say, is uh, just some fucked up vernacular, some some unusual wordage. That I thought perhaps you can't uh, just squeeze that into your everyday lingo. You know? Yeah, right. Well, it, it, I think that for better or worse, it captures the attention. Just you know like what I mean? What you're like, what the fuck is that? Who? So you got all these dudes. Oh, you're so, fancy, hey, huh? Hey. Well, actually, one time I, I was uh, telling Grant about this the other day when he come down uh, when he was over yesterday. So one time uh, I swiped on this girl and she swiped on me. And I know this is off topic and shit, (laughs) (laughs) far removed from what we were talking about, but I remember uh, I said some kind of fancy ass word or something, and uh, I guess in her bio she said she was dyslexic. I don't know why the fuck I needed to know that, but she, (laughs) I hit her with some, some words or whatever like that, and she got so fucking pissed, she's like, are you making fun of me? And I'm like, what? No, what, what the fuck? She's like, go fuck yourself. Fuck you. You're a disgusting piece of shit. How dare you make fun of someone? How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Fucking Greta Thunberg. How dare you? Make fun. Yeah, she thought I was making fun of her for being dyslexic because she couldn't handle my vocabulary. So, anyway, back to how we met. Yeah, uh, I hit you with some words. Words. And I guess it struck your attention for whatever fucking reason. Not the first time. Not the first time. She ignored me, and I'm like, nah, she too damn fine. I'm not giving up that easy. It Fuck that. It was like, I hope you're have a, having a splendiferous Monday. Monday. That's and right. I ignored it. She ignored it. I said, hope you're having a splendiferous Monday. Ignored that shit, and I'm like, Mm-mm, hell nah. So then Thursday come around. I said, I'll give her some time to breathe. We'll see. I come back around on her on Thursday. She she's done for God. I'm sure she you know yeah, she got all these dudes blowing her up. I Whatever. Twice. Whatever. Yeah, because it's like you got to think how many of the motherfuckers she swiped on. There's probably so many schlongs just waiting. Schlongs. They're, they're all there lined up. So hey, what up, girl? You know how many fucking dudes is hit you with that? You got the little gray, orange dot all over all these unread messages <laughs> and shit. I'm like, mm-mm. So I message her back. I said, okay. Thursday asterisk. That's it. Thursday, asterisk. Then I then that she responded. <laughs> that sold. I was that hooked. did it. That did it. Then she responded like, "Mm-hmm, got gotcha, you, bitch." I knew. I knew like, I had it. I will never admit this, 
I, well, I actually, I did admit it like a year and a half, two years ago, but that was so fucking charming in my opinion. I'm just like, <laughs> that's kind of slick. That is kind of slick. Yeah, okay. just hit her with that subtlety. And then, uh, yeah, we didn't, you know, it didn't waste a lot of time. I don't, I don't like that shit that wasting all that time on texting and this, that, and the other. Just. But what he did manage to accomplish in that very small amount of time of texting is that I should watch Harry Potter. Yeah, that's about it. Because I have it. not. Yeah, well, because it's like, it's a, it's a national And I treasure. think you said you hate oatmeal raisin cookies. Yeah, I don't remember that, but I do fucking hate oatmeal raisin. Mm-hmm. It's a waste of a perfectly good cookie. Kind of fucking idiot. Kind of psychopath. Years I, later, you say the exact same thing. Well, it's I think that people who purposely bake and eat oatmeal cookies, <laughs> it, like, you have to have sociopathic tendencies. But they are so good. No, they're not. They they're fucking are. gross. It's like people's like, I prefer my coffee black. Man, just shut the fuck up. Get out of here with your psychopath murdering ass. That's, you just hate life. Yeah, no. You just want to suffer at everything. Yeah, like, you purposefully just want life to be shit. It's, no. Mm-mm. You nihilistic motherfucker. But anyway, yeah, it didn't waste a lot of time. And then we went on that date. And, yeah, I think she thought I hated her hair on the first date because uh, <laughs> it was curly and all the pictures of it was straight, which I didn't really give a fuck. Didn't even realize. Okay. I didn't re- even realize. No, I didn't. Um... Uh, but yeah, I was you know I was kind of an asshole, but I mean not to her. I'm just an asshole in general, more so back then than now. Uh, but yeah, I mean I remember one of the first things we talked about was like what what the punishment should be for rapists. Yeah, that date went dark real fast, and we enjoyed it so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she uh, showed me a picture of her dog in her lap while I guess she was taking a shit or yes, a piss or I was. one of those. Uh, so that Probably was. Both. That was just really sweet and thoughtful uh, that she, she would show was me so that. She was so cute, guys. I wish you could see it. She She's still cute. Um, she is. But, yeah, and then we talked about rapists and, like... Uh, castration. Castration. Yeah, castrating them motherfuckers. His rape's wrong and all. You know, it's kind of fucked up. But, uh, yeah, that was the first date. And then, you know, took her to her car. It was all busted up. <laughs> it wasn't all busted up. Well, I mean, <laughs> you, you clearly fucking wrecked into somebody. And I'm like, God. Dude. My bumper was a different color because I hadn't gotten it painted yet. Yeah, because she rear-ended a motherfucker. No, it was not a rear-end. It was a front-end. Front-end. And oh. at first, my bumper had an entire hole in it. And the entire passenger light was gone. And so there was a trash bag in there for a while. But, you know, she's good now. Okay. So, you know, moved along, went out a couple more times, so on and so forth. So that was sort of the the beginnings. But anyway, go ahead. Oh, man. And so that's the segue? That is... That was... Go ahead. I started... That's the beginning. That was a great transition. That's the beginning. That's we met. No. On you. (laughs) Okay. So, so, now I have to make up my own transition. So, here we go. All right. How long have I known you? Since 2015, I think? yeah. And it's 2019 now, so that's four years. And I guess that I just kind of want to start about what makes our relationship work. Um, of course, this is not my first relationship, uh, as I'm yeah, sure. Don't lie, you fucking virgin. Oh, my God. <laughs> don't no lie, way. you fucking dork. Look, man, I'm you were, sound... You were an incel before me. I'm trying to sound cool. We, we both met on an incel, <laughs> incel chat room. Come on, man. We got to be cool for the internet. Gosh. Ugh. Anyway, I've had a pretty shitty relationship in the past, as I'm sure a lot of other people have also, including you. 
-hmm. you know and so just diving into it a little bit uh i don't want to get too dark too fast as we generally tend oh to. it's okay you can move it whatever pace you'd like but you into know darkness i'm just gonna start out by saying that if you're ever in a bad relationship and it's hard to get out <clears throat> and you're afraid of what's next you or the unknown for that matter if you feel trapped and you aren't happy I'm gonna just go ahead and say it get the fuck out because I promise you what you feel right now is 10 times worse than what you're gonna feel even if you're struggling and you're fucking sleeping on a friend's couch it's okay because it's never all right to damage yourself or somebody else now let's move on to that happy place um what makes a relationship work I am going to ramble so <laughs> I hope that you know how to edit some shit out because <laughs> I don't. So, sorry, you're guys. Gonna, you're gonna have to splice some stuff here. Um, all right. So let's talk about the fundamentals of a relationship. Um, I feel you should have good communication with one another. I'm going to talk about this on a time lapse of my own personal experiences, and hopefully somebody can relate to that. Um, but old experiences with communication. I was in a relationship super young. I lived in, I was born and raised in North Carolina, got into a relationship with a fuck boy, and I flew halfway across the country to Texas. I don't regret that because I met some of my best friends there. But anyway, I was there for six years. I was with him, and the entire time he was a bozo. He had a community penis. Honestly, if it had a hole and it looked like a female, I'm pretty sure he would let it suck its dick. So in that relationship, our communication was trash because it was full of anger and a lot of you know resentment and bitterness and just overall toxicity and that's was the world the hell that I lived in for years imagine that and you feel like you're suffocating and I felt like I was suffocating and I didn't want to do it but bottom line was me and him we couldn't communicate effectively I would try to explain to him what was wrong with me and he wasn't a good listener and so it would fall on deaf ears and it would just be shadowed by I'm sorry's and it'll never happen again and maybe we should do counseling and I don't know maybe it'll get better but I've known him for so long I don't want to start over he gets me you know like he's my soulmate all that bullshit you tell yourself to stay in a bad relationship girl or boy whoever don't forget the they them no, no 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 I was gonna say it I was uh -huh. gonna get there okay yeah yeah they them right. shim Zay Zim. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, I'll pull up the list if I need to. Fuck. You don't have to. All of us. <laughs> all of us collectively. If you're in a toxic relationship, get the fuck out. And if you can't communicate effectively with a person, don't think that they're going to fucking learn how to talk to you overnight without growth. And, okay, so do you have anything to say about communication? Actually, I do have another thing I want to say about communication. Because I want to fast forward. Now, I am in a relationship where... I can communicate everything, which is honestly what I feel like most people should do. You don't just want to communicate when things are good and when things are happy. You also need to communicate when things are not bad because you don't want things to get bad before you communicate it. You want to communicate with them when things are bothering you and you don't want to hold things in. And a lot of us, we have a habit of doing that. So you want to, especially if you are in a relationship that you want to go the distance in, you want to make sure that you're being open and honest with your person because they are supposed to be there to help you, especially if you're going through a moment in time where you feel like you need uplifting. 
lean on that person and so they can lean on you back because that's what a healthy relationship is it's a partnership so don't feel like you need to hold things in or keep things to yourself because your partner won't get it and if they don't get it then maybe you aren't with the right person bottom line you're supposed to be there for one another and i can honestly say that mitchell even though we don't really have a lot of disagreements we see eye to eye on a lot of things and communication is one of them you know i'm a pretty strong individual if i do say so myself and i like to handle my shit myself but Mitch is a big-hearted son of a bitch, and he likes to help everybody. So I cannot be depressed for 15 minutes without him saying, hey, what's wrong with you? You okay? You want to talk about it? And I'm just like, leave me alone. I don't like you like this. Like, if you want to talk about it, I'm here. And I'm just like, okay. And he's like, all right. You want to go eat? <laughs> so, um, that's just like one example, but... You know, just be with someone who can look at you and tell just by your behavior changing that something's wrong and that they see you and that they want to make it better. And even if they can't, they just want you to know that they're there. You? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I think as far as like the prior relationship shit, we, I mean, I think that's what makes this work so well is because we both kind of tread a similar path. Because I was, I mean, and just you obviously know this, but yeah. uh, to add in, um, one of my pictures on Tinder. <laughs> my favorite picture. <laughs> one of my pictures on Tinder, I'm in this suit, and uh, I'm like, all right, this is a good picture. You know, fuck. Like, I got to use it. So I had a picture on Tinder uh, of me in front of this, like, beautiful glass building place or whatever. And I'm in a suit and shit, and that picture is... Uh, where I was supposed to get married before I met <laughs> before I met her. Okay? Yeah. Uh, before I met her, uh, the relationship I was in before, I was engaged. And, you know, she's no good cheating bitch. So uh, we were supposed to... I've probably talked about it on this. I've talked about this on here before, I'm sure. But a month before her and I were supposed to get married, you know, she cheated on me. And... So, um, yeah, I, everything was paid for, though. And I couldn't get a fucking refund on anything. Uh, you know, it's 30 days out. You're supposed to give, like, I think 90 days notice for a lot of shit. Yeah. It, de it depends on <clears throat> what it is. But everything was paid for. It was this super fancy-ass, crazy, elaborate bullshit. That is not Mitch's style at that all. Not me at all. Fuck no. And, you know, I like, don't get me wrong, I like looking good. And I, I could be kind of a fancy bitch. But <laughs> a fancy bitch. <laughs> I could be a fancy bitch, but not, but in a resourceful way. You know what I mean? Like I, I find an outfit that looks good as fuck for dirt cheap. I'm not paying all these bullshit prices, you know. So, uh, anyway, so all this shit was paid for though, and I'm like, man, I can't waste this shit. Fuck that. So I threw basically like this fucking weird party thing or whatever the fuck you would call it. Um. Because I, I just didn't want, I didn't want it to go to waste. You know, I had all this fucking, like, plated food and this, that, and other DJ and a uh, full bar and shit. So I pretty much just invited my friends and family. And, uh, yeah, it was a pretty good fucking time, honestly. It turned out all right, given the circumstances, shit. So I made the best of it, took a picture out there, and I'm like, throw that shit up on Tinder. So, fuck, 
that's truly that right there. I feel is the epitome of of the whole uh, taking the fucking lemons and making lemonade. When I found out about that picture, I laughed so goddamn hard, <laughs> like for at least five minutes straight. It it's was pretty hilarious. funny. It was the saddest, most pathetic, funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> It was hilarious in a sad, sad way. Oh, it's sad, but it, it you know, it's And that was funny. his main photo. Was it my main one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you had a picture with you and Seth out by your fire pit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was pretty funny. So, anyway, what was I talking about? Why the hell did I tell that? Oh, shit, <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, okay, but yeah, uh, so I was in a relationship for a long time, too. I think we were both. You was with him for like eight years? Eight years. Yeah, I was with her for eight years. So, pretty, very similar. Just mm-hmm. cheating, shitty. I honestly think she had it a lot worse than I did. I mean, the girl I was with was definitely a cheating bitch. But when I was with her, she was, you know, she was just okay. Just mediocre. Nothing good, nothing bad. Just bland and, and tasteless and just meh. But then, you know, she'd cheat. But she had it way worse than me it because did. he was a piece of shit. He what was. sounds like all the fucking like, time. All the time. All the time. You definitely had it worse like, than me. He was really, truly a stereotypical fuckboy. Like, he would cheat on me, make me cry, you know, talk shit to me, and then buy me coach purses and coach shit and perfume. Yeah, he's... Trying to buy my love. But he would also, like, bleach my clothes, <laughs> you know? So. Yeah, he's just, you know, he's just a little pussy, it sounds like. But, yeah. um... Yeah, so we kind of went down a similar path before we had met each other, and I think when we met each other, we were very. I know this. I feel like this this whole to, this whole uh, podcast is going to sway back and forth between because it's a like you had said before we started recording. It's sort of impossible not to thread between the two, yeah. where it's like your personal experiences in your past relationships yeah. and where you are now and relationships in general because it's all sort of just interconnected. Exactly. So, uh, there'll be a lot of, I think a lot of this will just sound out of order and, yeah. and, but, and, and chaotic, but that's just how you, I feel like you, ex, you feel like you experience exactly. these things, you know, even though it's, it's linear, the way you remember things isn't necessarily that way. So, uh, you know, I had a similar experience and I think when we met each other, we both resonated with one another because we were both very, uh, I would say pissed off. Frankly, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but very that's, distrustful. Yeah, just cynical, distrustful, guarded, very, very uh, strong-ass barriers on yeah. both sides. Uh, but still, you know, there was still a lot of lightheartedness and humor yeah. there. But there was definitely like a darkness and a a guardedness. And it was an unwillingness to open for me for a really long time. I was trying so hard because usually, I would date somebody. And if I even liked them a little bit, I would never date them for more than two weeks. And so I never wanted to get close to anyone. And then I met him and it was a battle because I was so used to running. Because once you've been hurt to that extent, you don't ever want to feel that way again. Well, if you're smart, you don't. And it was very difficult for me to stick around and see this through because... Who wants to cry? Like, you don't know what's going to happen, but that's also a reason to try it because you don't know what's going to happen. And if I didn't do it, who knows who I would have, who I could be with. But I feel like I'm in my best, my favorite position ever at this point. But yeah, uh, 
sounded sexual. Mm. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> is it is it fucking midnight yet? It might get that way. Oh no. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't add this in, but yeah, we kind of forgot. Yeah, it's our anniversary, so this will be uploaded. Yay! On our one year anniversary. Our so anniversary is in like an hour and a half or yeah, so. Yeah, it's very. No, it's just half hour. Ooh. Yeah, it's eleven thirty. Hello. So yeah, we're recording this late. Anyway, uh, yeah, I I just think though we we started off very guarded. And I honestly feel, I think, you know, eventually, somehow, some way, we would have got to uh, where we are now, eventually. But it would have taken time. I think what strongly expedited it was, uh, you know, my heart shit, yeah. the health shit, I think. Because, you know, like, we, we met each other, and then we were apart for a little bit. We got, we started talking again a few months later. And then we, um, you know, just, we, we didn't really have it necessarily like, okay, this is for sure a thing, whatever, because, you know, I got back in contact with her after a few, you know, we were apart for a few months. I just felt like it was just, I had been, I had not been single that long when I first met her. I was out of that relationship I was in for, fuck, three or four months when I met her, and you know, I guess I just wasn't ready for that, you know, at that time, even though it was like the right, it was obviously in retrospect, it's the right person, the best decision I could have made. But, you know, I was a fucking dipshit. So I went on my merry way like a fucking idiot. And I was (laughs) played that single life a little bit longer. And it was fucking dirt. There's psychopaths out there. It's fucking crazy. I mean, I have a lot of good stories from it. But you know, it just really reiterated, you know, not to generalize how fucking crazy women are nowadays. You know, there's some good ones out there, obviously. Hello. You're one of them. Fuck. But <clears throat> the, these motherfuckers out here are nuts. And I'm sure the dudes are just as bad, but damn. You know, like, it. I mean, anyway, that's a whole nother fucking talk. <laughs> that's a whole, you know those stories. They're fucking, those motherfuckers are crazy. Round up a bunch of single people and like, tell me your stories. Oh, they're, they're, these motherfuckers were out there. Uh, like tinfoil hat types and shit. But anyway, so I got back in touch with her. We started talking again. She re- responded begrudgingly, very begrudgingly. I threw my phone across the room. Yeah, when I when I hit her back up, she was not fucking pleased. So this was that was I don't know three over three years ago. Mm. Um, and then we started talking lightly, going back out lightly. After I had realized, like, what's really because out there. Because I was there. still very much on the fence about this guy. Yeah. You know? Understandably. Understandably. Because, you know, for her, she had been single for a while. Yeah. You know? It had been a fucking while for her. Yeah. For me, you know, it had been like a couple years. For me, like, that shit was fresh. So, you know, it just takes time. for It's different, a different pace for different people. But, you know, I once... I was convinced. I was like, I'm just going to see him and let him know he ain't getting back with this. Yeah. No. And then I fucking dug the hooks in. And, and I was like, mm-mm. Laid the charm on thick. And then I was just like, okay, we can see each other again. <laughs> well, we started talking and, and see each other pretty, I would say pretty lightly. And, you know, it wasn't long after that that we were trying to just sort of see where things would go. I found out about my heart, which I've talked about, I've talked about several times on here, uh, was just totally, I was having some... I was tired all the time, 
constantly fucking tired. Didn't know why. Uh, I was fucking down in those shitty little five-hour energies like three times a day, which are terrible for you, by the way. Uh, and I went to a cardiologist. I hadn't been to one since I was a kid. And they were like, oh, well, you know, we'll check just in case. We'll do some tests, whatever. Did an echocardiogram, and then they called me the next day. They said, well, we'll call you in like a few days a week. They called me the next day, and the cardiologist I saw told me I had severe heart valve failure and that I needed open-heart surgery within the next few months, which obviously fucking devastated me to my very core. Uh, and then I was just in a very, very dark place for a very long time. And she was just there i wasn't sure if she would be you know uh if ever she had the opportunity to to bail that would have been it but she didn't and i don't think most women would have the resolve because it was a very very bleak time uh, i met a couple surgeons they weren't particularly receptive to doing the surgery so soon even though it was definitely needed and so there was just a whole dissonance between what I wanted and what my cardiologist wanted and what the surgeons wanted. So she helped me. Um, she was she helped me. Fuck off, Jandar. She helped me uh, set up uh, surgery shit at Cleveland Clinic, which is like the best hospital in the in the country uh, for cardiac related stuff. And so pretty much the next several months nearly a year was just fighting to get there and it was just a series of just depressing pasta dinners and Man, <laughs> every time i see every time i see a fucking pasta noodle i just be, get, get sad. So sad i'm like that shit is sad people food i'm not it's fucking just like we that. can't eat spaghetti anymore it just no makes sad. no it's just too many because it's just it's so bleak it was such a serious situation and i mean you know i still reel from the effects of that shit it's still it's not over, fuck, I've almost died after the fact, and, you know, it's still a constant battle of just like, oh, is my garbage fucking old man heart just gonna shit out today? But, I mean, that that's what really solidified this relationship, in my opinion, and I think what really strongly expedited it was seeing somebody who, you know, who really didn't know me that long. But, yeah, when you think about it, it yeah, really wasn't. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things. But that the bond was so... We weren't even in a relationship officially. No, no, no we weren't. And, and for things to just get so dark and so fucking depressing so quickly, uh, to have somebody like that be by your side is just... You, you really can't understand what that feels like truly. I think a lot of people struggle with commitment issues and relationships and they're not sure and this, that, and the other. I'll tell you what to make you fucking real sure real fast is when you're on fucking death's door and somebody is there for you every step of the way. I mean, before the surgery, they told me I had to uh, get my wisdom teeth cut out because there's risk of uh, abscess and bleeding. I had had an abscess there before. So they pulled my wisdom teeth out. You know, no big deal, whatever. Pretty common. You know, and this fucking girl shows up in this, this hideous fucking hat. Girl. Hey. That fucking hideous salt life hat. <laughs> fucking hope that thing got burned in a goddamn fire. I think you threw it away. I hope I did. I, I hope I lit did. it on fucking fire. You didn't, but you did throw Jesus it away. Jesus Christ. You said you hated it. It's terrible. Anyways, so she shows up in her little pigtails and her little fucking hat. <laughs> I'm drugged out of my fucking mind. Uh, and she is 
here she comes. She's ready to fucking nurse it up. You know, my mom had took me to to the procedure and drove me home, and she stayed with me a bit. So Libby comes, and, you know, she's got her fucking little fingers in my mouth, changing out my bloody, nasty gauze. You know, I'm fucking drooling all over the place like a fucking idiot. And she's changing my shit, making sure I'm <clears> all right. And then, uh, you You're know. You're a very I, sensitive patient. I had to take care of you. <laughs> and you do dumb shit. Like, he got his wisdom teeth taken out. I am his nurse, but I go to school at the time and I work at the time. And I don't live with him at the time. I remember this. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's like I go back and forth from all these places. And so, one night, I'm at my place. I'm in bed. It's late as a motherfucker, like 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm asleep on my bed because I was supposed to go over, but I had got off work at like 11, and I was really tired, and I kept falling asleep in my bed, and I was just going to call it a night, and he sends me a text. Hey, I feel dizzy. I'm like, what? He's like, I stuck a toothpick in the hole. <laughs> I don't remember why I did that. There was a reason. I don't know if he ate something. And, yeah, I don't remember and, what it like, was. And, like, he thought something got stuck in it because he was obsessively looking at his holes in the mirror. Yeah. And, like, looking at the pockets, making sure nothing was in it and trying to clean it all And the for time. some dumb fucking reason, I chose to stab <laughs> it with a toothpick. And I felt like I was going to pass out. I don't know what I if I struck a nerve. nerve yeah, so she raced over and took care of my stupid fucking And he ass. was fine, but he's just like, yeah, I think I just hit a nerve. I'm just like, this guy, this guy. Yeah, this so guy. I'm an idiot. And she, uh, so she did that. But, I mean, that's, you know, that's one thing. But then, as, as it grew closer to the surgery, just seeing somebody have that much resolve when you're going through something so difficult. Yeah. And it's difficult for them, too. You know, it's just as hard for them. Because they have to sit back and watch it and be able to do nothing. But you have to be strong for that person because <clears throat> while it is hard for your family and friends and the people that love you, you have to be the one that go to those doctor's appointments and lay on them cold hospital beds, yeah. getting poked and prodded, and to selfishly try to make this about me because I'm sad that the person that I care about is going through it. You just have to be stronger than that sometimes. Like, it's okay to break, though. It is, like, don't, and you will. Like, don't and think you that you don't have to break, but... Yeah, everybody has know. a point. That's okay, you know, but <laughs> I just don't think many people would, would have the tenacity you know? to endure it in the first place. But even beyond that, you know, going to this place, I'm going halfway across the fucking country to Cleveland from North Carolina to get this fucking open heart surgery. I'm 28 at the time. You know, it's, yeah. it's fucking crazy, and it's a scary situation to be in. So she comes, and she's with me the whole time. I'm drugged out of my fucking mind. And I remember when they pulled me back and I fucking broke down like a total little bitch and <laughs> cried like did. a I cried like a fucking baby. We all did. Yeah, it was devastating. It's devastating because of the emotion that goes into it. And when I got out, so I get out, the fucking tubes and shit are in me still. I've got a fucking hose in every <laughs> hole in my motherfucking body besides my ass. <laughs> you know. Um and I remember I couldn't speak. But I wrote a little note and said that I loved you guys. Uh, and I wanted milk, too. I remember that. For you know, I never saw the note. You didn't? Mm-mm. Shit. That was when your mom and dad were in there. Um, but they told me about it. Yeah, I was half out of my fucking mind. But, so, you know, after that, but I, I eventually get transferred out of the ICU. And this girl, you know, I'm disgusting. I've just been through hell. 
I've just got fucking iodine and shit all over me. I'm I'm gross. I mean, I just had my fucking chest sawed in half. Straight up. And this fucking girl is taking wet wipes, wiping my balls down. You know? You was dirty. I needed to clean your little butt. <laughs> you know, like, she's fucking wiping me down whore bath style. Uh, whore bathing me in the fucking bathroom after I just had open heart surgery. I mean, these moments, like, unless, until you live through things like this, you just can't understand. You know? I mean, there are, there are don't get me wrong, different people go through different things of, of all different t- fucking multitudes of difficulty. But that's some next level shit. And then, of course, a- after going through all this and trying to recover from it, I pretty much knew that I wanted to marry you. I knew, okay, this is what I want. But it was a matter of just getting better first. <clears throat> and I was very much a stickler for, and I had told you this before, not just with this, but even just committing to a relationship in the first place. I was non-committal about it, not because I didn't want to be with you, but because I didn't want to make these decisions out of what could be perceived yeah. as desperation. Yeah. When I'm at my lowest, when I just feel like shit and I'm... And people think that you're only making this decision because yeah. you're sick and you don't want to be alone. Right, and I'm fucking quite literally dying slowly at the start. You know, I don't want to... It's severe heart failure. I don't want it to look that way. I don't. Yeah. I don't want. I want you to know. Like I only want you around because I just can't be. Yeah, by myself and it's not. Right it's now. not about what other people. I don't give a shit what other people think about me. But it was about what you thought, and I wanted to make sure you understood that I'm doing this because I want to do it, and because th- this is where I want to be. Even at my best, my worst, it doesn't matter. This is what I want. This is where I want to be. So I was waiting, and then of course, right, I wrote the little note. And I saw it on his computer, but I had no idea. What yeah, she he didn't was know what planning. it was. She, she, I guess she peeped on that shit somehow and come across it. You had it but up I, one day when you were working on your book. Yeah, I wrote this little note uh, that I was going to give to her when I proposed to her. And right before I could, I almost fucking died. I got this shit called cardiac tamponade, which just basically drowned my fucking heart and blood. So that kind of set me back a while. But even then, that just furthered how I felt. Because I'm laid up, there's a fucking hose in my chest toward my heart drew fucking pulling the blood out of my chest for like three or four days in the icu and here she comes every motherfucking day she bring me food and shit because the hospital food's fucking dirt you know it's disgusting and i would leave him kisses that made him look like he had a fever <laughs> yeah i look like shit my mom thought i was fucking dying again or something i showed her that picture um so you know things like those moments stick with you i mean they're ha- Part of it's haunting, but the other part of it lingers in the best way. You know, yeah. it stays with you forever. And when you you see what a person will go through and what they have to endure just because of you, how much they how they feel about you, it's very powerful. You know, I wouldn't want anybody to have to experience what we've been through, especially at such a young age. But you do have to be aware that when you're in a relationship with somebody, it comes with the good and the bad. You can't just stick around for the happy parts, the go-lucky parts, the parts where everything is good, because at some point they will go wrong, and if you need to be strong enough to be there for that person, and vice versa. Yeah. And I think that's what happens with a lot of people, is, yeah. you know, they, they, these, you know, young people, I sound like a fucking Elmer, 80-year-old. Right, like, we have so much wisdom but, now. But, no, I mean, really, and truly, it's an experience that, that either you're never going to experience, or you're not going to experience till you're old as fuck. You know, and you've been through the ringer already. But to do it, it's almost like getting a head start in a way. Because it gives you a tremendous amount, at least as the patient, 
a tremendous amount of humility and having and and I think this it's almost one of the best things that happens. It's one of the worst and one of the best things because those walls that we both had up at the beginning, they just shattered. They shattered. They were tore obliterated. Fucking demolished. Because at that point I the the veil is 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 lifted. The facade is gone. I can't just pretend to be fucking stoic and unbothered yeah. by everything anymore because I'm weak. I, I have to rely on other people. I don't have a choice anymore. And I was really afraid of that when we were first dating because he was so put together and so stable that it almost seemed like I couldn't fit anywhere. Like there was no place in his life that I could squeeze in and improve upon because he just yeah, seemed to have it all. jokes on you. Yeah, and then I'm just like, oh, he's fucking, oh, I got this. Yeah, <laughs> this motherfucker is real, real Ooh, fucked up. I can up. fit in so many places now, but yeah. so yeah. you had your fucking work cut out for you uh, very shortly after. So, yeah, but it gives you a lot of perspective. You see it for what it really is. And then when you go through these things, and again, it doesn't have to be something to that extent. It could be, you know, any 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 tumultuous yeah, exactly. time in your life, any obstacle uh what whatever it may be but you understand just how durable the human spirit is yeah. you know what you really are capable of taking i think a lot of people don't really have that much to complain about really and truly yeah. they don't really go through that many bad fucking things at the at the start of things so when things do pop up in a relationship which they're gonna you know that they, they they just don't know how to handle it. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You say that it gives you humility, but for from my perspective, it gives me, you know, perspective. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, I'm looking at what we've gone through, and you see like little trivial things that people can bicker at each other about and just come at each other super aggressive about that don't matter when somebody's <laughs> life is on the line or. X amount of reasons that can be traumatizing to you, it just gives you perspective, and it doesn't. It you don't want to bicker about those stupid things and argue about little things that bother you because, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. Yeah. At all. Yeah, you see, you see, you know, you you come to understand what truly matters, <clears throat> and it's just you and that person, mm -hmm. and the love that you share. It doesn't uh, all this other shit. Being being right, it's fucking. It's it's stupid as fuck. Uh, just that constant need to always be the one, be in control, to mm -hmm. be right. It, it doesn't really fucking matter, you know? It's about really just being open. You don't ever have to have an argument. Like, I, I don't understand these people who say, um, oh, relationships are hard, marriage is hard. Uh, you know, it's, it's a challenge. It's a battle. You know, it, it'll t no, it isn't. No, it really isn't. You know, it, it's honestly just about being open-minded, being calm and collected and compromising. That's fucking it, you know? Every time, like, I just try to see from her side. That's it, yeah. you know? You some, just, you have a mutual respect. Some conversations may be difficult, and they may be difficult times in your futures together, because there's no way you're going to have a lifetime together, and every day is going to be great, but... Like he said, there's always time for communication and compromise. And if you truly want your relationship to be successful and long-lasting and healthy, then you have to learn how to do those things. It's not always about you and what you want to do. There's another person, and I talk to him about this all the time, that I want me and him to have a very strong foundation. Because for the rest of our lives, it's going to be me and him. And we are the foundation. And I want a foundation as strong as possible. 
because one day we're going to be a complete whole family with a child and dogs and hopefully a snake. But um, I don't know about that snake shit. I uh, said tortoise. Tortoise. Okay. <laughs> I agreed to a tortoise. I don't want no damn snake in here. Oh, man. I'll so let Sev eat it. Sev would not eat a snake. Devo would eat it. He'd gum De- it. Yeah, Devo would fucking pat it like it's his goddamn kibble. He's crazy. But anyway, um, yeah, we're going to have a, a whole family, and I want us to be a good foundation for that family so we can be a good influence on that family, and we can always strive to be better people and a better unit together because that's ultimately what I want. I am not here for clout. I am not here for what other people got to say. I am not here for the opinions of others. I am here to build a life with a man that I love, with a family that I love, the best that we can. And I want to do that the right way. I don't want to bicker with him and argue with him over things that are not important because I've seen what's important and it terrifies me. And I just want to be there. Right. And and that's what I was saying. Like when you really experience just how fragile life is, you know, it's it's said, it's it, it's said all the time. It's a it's one of those fucking platitudes, but when you really truly experience just how fucking harrowing it can be, uh it's a totally different situation. Yeah. And it really does put things in perspective. You just don't care. I am not interested in you know, just nonsense and just petty bullshit. I don't care. You know, is it going to stand to benefit us in the long run? If not, I, I just don't care. I'm not really interested. I would way rather just meet in the middle somewhere. I, and, and you have to, and that's another thing about relationships. Like, you have got to be prepared to really feel as if this per, this other person is more important than you. That's how I feel. Like, for real. Like, she's just more important. Her life is just, in my, comparative to me, her life is more valuable than my own. That's how I feel. That's how I want to feel. I never want to not feel that way. You know, that's what love is. Love is a sacrifice. You know, not in the sense that, oh, you know, it's a, you know, you love's hard. You gotta bicker. No. No. You don't gotta do that shit. You don't have to do any of that stuff. You know, it's just that, like, it, you can't just do every little thing for yourself when you want, what you want, all the fucking time. You know? It's about them, too. It's about letting them... They, they Everybody wants to feel loved. Everybody wants to feel as if they're connected or, or they have something more, you know? And someone who really cares for them. And it's your responsibility to put them first so that they feel that love. And when you just put your fucking self first and put yourself up on a shelf, you know, I'm the fucking one, and you just leave them down... Then, you know, and that happens all the time. That happens all the fucking time. And then they just, you know, you go, especially I feel men are more guilty of this than women. Where men just emotionally don't know how to connect with women. They don't know how to communicate. And women just feel neglected. And yeah. I think that's when women end up cheating. It's it's more of an emotional thing. For men, they're just fucking dumbass dogs. And yeah. they just want to fuck. And they're stupid. And you know, we're all creatures of habit. But women do tend to want more attention than that. Yeah. And it's very easy for that affection and that intimacy to fall to the wayside. Men definitely forget about that because that's just not how they're wired, you know. Yeah. Well, see, men, what they they are just meant to fix shit. They're like, they see a problem, they want to fix it, you know. And I'm guilty of that too. Sometimes women, they just want to feel it, you know. They just want to feel that feeling. And it's like you said earlier, when when you aren't at your best and you don't feel good. 
you know, I can't help it. I'm going to intervene and see how you are. But eat, but you have to understand that sometimes we just, there is no real reason. People Hell just no. feel how the fuck they feel. And you right? just have to be prepared to just go through it and to just listen. Sometimes that's the best thing you can do is just to listen to the other person. Sometimes somebody just wants to feel fucking hurt. You know, you got to stop being so in love with your the sound of your own voice. You know? So it's definitely more about sacrifice in that sense. I don't understand how people could be so narcissistic and self-indulgent and also be in a loving relationship. You know? I, I would always, no matter what, put put her before me. My life will always be secondary. It doesn't mean I don't care about myself or I'm not confident or this. No, it's none of that shit. And, you shit. know, I wonder if people nowadays, they feel too vulnerable to do stuff like that, you know? Oh, definitely. Because, you know, I, I, don't, I don't struggle with this as much anymore um, because before I met him, I was very tunnel vision. I was very... You know, career-oriented, I had a specific goal in mind. I mean, if you really got to know me, that goal is not me whatsoever. It was a financial goal, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing to have. It's very good, and I love my ambition because I love how hard I push myself. But I just, the deeper I fell in love with him and the more invested I got in our relationship and the more I started thinking about my actual true future, I did not want to do I didn't want to push myself into this state of mind where everything else is more important than the love and the happiness that I actually truly have at home. Because while I enjoy what I do, it's not necessarily what I would call my happy place. You know, if I'm doing something really fucking strenuous and they're like, go to your happy place, it's never to work. I can tell you that. It's fucking times when we're rolling on the floor with our tiny dogs listening to stupid music. Those are the moments that I live for. And I would hate to be one of those people who selfishly just thought about everything that I wanted because I like to work and I like to travel and I like, you know, to have a glass of wine and hang out with friends and all this. But I don't want any of that to overshadow what's truly important because, you know, those friends you hang out with, they have lives of their own and they their life doesn't revolve around you. And I'm not saying that your life has to revolve around me, but... I just feel like we all need a really good balance. But what's important to me in the long run is, you know, my ultimate future, which is my heart. That's where my heart is. My heart is where it's happy and, my, and I'm happy here and I'm happy in this relationship and I want to continue that because that's what brings me joy. And I have a lot of other things that also bring me joy, but this is truly my essence and this is what I want. And I can have all of it. I can still be kick-ass at work and I can still hang out with my dope-ass friends and I still have a killer fucking husband and all of this, but I know what's truly important. And I know what goes away at the end of the day and what's still here and what will be there for me when shit got hard. Yeah. you. I mean, it's like you, you don't want to be somebody's entire world. You just want to be the biggest part of their world. Yeah. You know? You're supposed to have... And, and I think that's another key to maintaining that strong foundation is understanding that you're supposed to have a little bit of everything. You know, like yeah. you have your marriage, which should be, it really should be your priority because that is your base. And then, you know, yeah, it's like go spend time with your friends. You know, you have your, your job, you have your career, you have this, you have that. It's okay. It's okay to give a little bit of yourself to these, to these other things. 
but don't just go all in. Yeah, don't get lost in that. Yeah, don't 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 do that. Like it's it's more about, like you said, it's more about where your heart's at, the love. You know, that's all that really matters. Is is once you're dead and once you're fucking gone. Like the only thing that really truly would have ever mattered is, to me, like what I think about is the day when it comes, however it comes. Like everybody's got their time. Everybody dies, and thinking about the end when when i'm fucking old the cre- if i if i'm so fortunate pro- knowing my fucking luck if such a thing exists i what yeah she's cute at all times i don't know maybe she wants you here you hold it but uh you know i think that ultimately what i think about is is the end I think about what are you what are you striving toward, and the at that end when you're you're lay, you know whether it's in your bed, a hospital bed, whatever, you're in your dying moments. If unless you just die fucking instantly, you're hooked up to all this shit. Is near the time is nigh. You're fixing to draw your last breath. You know who do you want to be surrounded by? What do you want? Paint that picture inside your head. What is it? You know, from and the people who live for themselves, I'll I'll never understand it. You know, because ultimately, what really matters is what was in your heart when you left this world, and what you leave behind in the hearts of the people that you love and that loved you. And it just sounds to be such a hollow world to to be in that position, to lay there, draw that last breath, and fucking nobody's there. No one gave yeah. a fuck. No one could have give a shit less. You know, for, that's not what I want. What I want is to be there, to be fortunate enough to live to be an old man, and to have you there, our our child there, and our fucking child's children, to see me off, and and die with love, just overflowing in my heart, and know that I left something meaningful behind. That's what life is about. It's about love and knowledge, and. To, to seek anything beyond that, I, I just don't fucking get it. You know, all these people, and, you know, I fucking know I've harped on this so many times. And I'm really just doing this for the sake of the the, the two listeners this may accrue. But um, I know we had the regular... I feel like we always get one motherfucker from China and one from Russia. So, <laughs> shout out to those two guys. Or gals. Uh, so, but I'll say, like, the whole kid thing. You know, which we've talked about numerous times. Like it, that's why it bothers me so much. I've said it so many times. Where it it is your purpose. It is your purpose. It is. It doesn't mean you can't accomplish so many other things in life. Do whatever you want, you know. Go to fucking land on fucking Mars. Go do this. Go do that. What the fuck ever. I don't care. You know, set the world on fire. Do, do, do something in, amazing with your life. But ultimately, you will fucking die. You are going to die. It is going to end. And somebody's got to be here when that's all said and done. And you, I want to create someone, something, not for my legacy and, and my name. I don't care about that shit. I care about what I think is the goodness in my heart and in yours. And bestowing that on to another human being so that they can do the same. To help make the world a little bit fucking better than, than they'll leave it. You know? Yeah. 
That's that's what I'm tired of in this selfish fucking attitude of, eh, I just don't want to. Quit, quit with the excuses. Stop. You know, all this fucking, you know, whatever. This, that, and the other. Everybody's got a fucking excuse. Is it hard and time-consuming and this and that? Yeah, and it's sacrificing. You're going to have to give up a lot of what you want and a what you this and that. Fuck yeah. And, you know, I understand that going into it. I get that. And that's okay. Because a life where you give nothing up, you'll get nothing back. What do you expect to gain when you don't give? You know? So for me, I want, I do have a lot. Even though my heart's busted and broken and beat all to hell, it's full of fucking love. There is just too much. And that's what I've told you so many times. There's just too much in there for just you. It's too much. (laughs) Well, thanks. (laughs) I don't mean that in some fucked up polyamorous way, you know. But I mean, too much. I got to give it away. No, I mean in the sense that it's like I have to have a little you. I have to. I have to have it. So, you know, my fucking heart just might well explode from what love I have for you. I don't Mm -hmm. know if it could take it anymore. It's too fucking much. You gotta filter it somewhere else. I I gotta, like, spread it out a little Uh bit. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, and I think that's what love should be about. That should be your goal in life. It should be to die with love in your heart and and to have learned something, to to have taken something away. You know, knowledge is a part of it, but it's mostly love. And And to... have accrued it, but to also have given it back by the time you take that fucking last breath. You know, that's such a pivotal moment. And whether, you know, whether you're religious, whether you're not, whatever you believe, it's some spiritual shit, this, that, the other. You can't argue with the fact that, you know, would you rather fucking die alone and cold and and nobody gave a fuck? Or you want to drift off next to the people you love? You know, if ever, if ever there is some spiritual shit, that's the way to cross over. Mm-hmm. That's the way to cross over. I can't imagine that, that that that's the wrong fucking way, you know. Either way, no matter what's on the other side, if there's something on the other side, that's how I want to do it. That's what means something to me. Like that fucking song, the went to the store one day, our wedding song, yeah. first dance song. We used to talk about dying and. I was about to just start singing Adele "Hello from the Other Side," but I could, <laughs> I had to catch myself. She ain't made something in a long time. I know it's been like fucking four or five years. But you know where he's talking about? Uh, yeah. I don't want to die in a hospital. Yeah. With his seven daughters and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just I don't know. It's it's the most fucking incredible, amazing, powerful thing in all of existence. Love. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and and to just waste it on. On either just not participating, which I can't even begin to fucking fathom, or or to just put to put yourself first. I just I don't I don't understand like that forever. train of thought. Like imagine putting yourself first forever. I mean I get being selfish because we're all selfish to an extent. But to just always be selfish all the time, that's not exhausting. Just never thinking about other people and having people thinking that you're a shitty person because you're a taker and never a giver. Like, really, that's, I, nobody should want to live that way. But there are plenty of people do. Plenty of people absolutely live that way, and they see nothing wrong with it. Well, and I was one of those people. I was just like, fuck that, I'm never having a kid. But meeting somebody like him, and I hate that people always say, well, you'll change your mind one day. I didn't, it wasn't because of them that I changed my mind. Yes, I did meet the right person, and it does sway my judgment a little bit. And I stand firm in saying that if it wasn't Mitchell, it wouldn't have been anybody. 
nobody could have made me sway on that decision. It had to be somebody that was absolutely as close to perfect as perfect could get for me is what made me really want to consider having something, a person that is that good of a person. Of course, he would be an amazing parent. And he would just, in turn, make me better because he makes me better already. And he can only improve, and we can only improve from that point on. And so it's just the warmest, huggiest, lamest fucking feeling, but the most beautiful feeling ever <laughs> to feel this ooey-gooey on the inside. And you just want to share that with a person. And you want to share a person with that person. Like, that shit's fucking crazy. That's, that's, I mean, that's what it should do, though. I mean, it, it, I understand why people feel like they, they never want to have kids. I get that. Like, if you don't fucking love anyone, you don't have that in your heart, like, yeah. You can't fathom that shit. Of course. I mean, I, I get that. I mean, again, I was that person, too. It's I understand it. But when you really, truly love someone. Uh, it's just, how could you not? You know, yeah. It's like, I, no fucking judgment. Do what you want. But I, I couldn't picture not wanting that. I couldn't picture looking at you knowing what I know and feeling how I feel toward you and, and not wanting that. It's just yeah. fucking against your biology. It's against your DNA. It doesn't add up. It doesn't fucking compute, you know? It's all that makes sense. Because it, that, you know, procreation, ch having a child, moving toward a family, you know, again, it's not to say you can't have other goals and objectives in life. Of course you can. But that is what you are meant to do you are meant to do it that's why you have what you have and i have what i have you know you are designed for whatever reason do i know the fucking meta it uh you know answer for that no but you clearly were biologically engineered to to do that and you know everything ends and that's okay but I just want to put something in this fucking world to help take care of it when we're not here to do that. When we're not here to make good decisions or, or to make the world a little bit fucking better. So I want to put something here that can when we're gone. Something that can help stabilize the fucking chaos. Hopefully. Hopefully. And not be a turn part out to of be the a chaos. Piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Start all the chaos. Oh, God. What if that yeah. was your child? Oh, your child's the next Christ. Hitler? God damn. <laughs> Imagine. I'm going to eat my fucking words then. Right. I'll be like, everybody castrate yourself Please. immediately. Fuck it. I'm going to slit his throat. All right. Anything else to add? I love you and happy anniversary, I my love. I love you and happy anniversary. It's the timing. What time is what time it? Is it's 12.06. It is 12.06. It's officially timing. one year anniversary. It is All one. right. We talk we're... so self-righteous about a couple that's been made for a year. <laughs> yeah, well, fuck you guys. All right? We know what we're doing. Yeah, fuck you. All right? Everyone else wrong. We're right. It's okay. Yeah, it's working for us right no, now. No, in all seriousness, you know what? You, you go through the fucked up shit we went through and then, okay, you know. Fair enough. And then you still want to say we're wrong. All right. All right. That's your opinion. I, that, yeah. The fucking Big Lebowski. That's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> All right. I'll hear you out. But otherwise, eh, you know, fuck off. Fuck off. Uh, anyway, yeah, we're going to wrap it up here. I know it's been a while. Ski. Have a, yeah, ski. I don't, we don't really end with the skis. But well, that's okay. Care. You can end with the ski. Sure. <laughs> sure. That's your thing. You can end with that. Did no problem. Daddy. So, uh, yeah, that's actually, uh, that's where I got that. I don't know if I've said that on here before. The ski is, I mean, I guess it's technically from that. What, what's that show? It Real, was Kevin Hart. 
Kevin Hart, yeah, Real Hustles of Hollywood. Hollywood. That shit is hilarious. She got me hooked on that shit. <laughs> but uh, it's from that show. But she anyway, she uh, because I always have my headphones on upstairs, she'll yell that shit real loud to let me know that the food's done. <laughs> and then I just ripped her off and started using it every time I start the recording. So I think I already told her that anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, I know it's been a while since I posted, you know, just... Uh, I don't know. I don't really have any excuses. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but also buy my book. It's on Amazon. The link's in the profile page of the podcast. But hopefully I'll be back next week. If I'm not, I'm sorry. You Life know, happens. Life happens. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Real hard. I'll just say, I, I promised last time and then, and then you know, a month went by. So I don't want to do that again. If he doesn't have anything to put up i can rant for about three hours about fairy tale oh god if, nobody want to hear about that fucking lame ass wants, i don't know a anybody, lot of people watch the anime one though to be honest i'm gonna let you and jundar do it how about that i do not want to talk to jundar i'd rather talk to myself you heard that jundar um, if you listen you listen to this you fucking because hate on you. he's gonna hate on the fairy tale and i just want to talk about my love for it because today is episode oh uh, no 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 uh-uh, uh-uh. no <laughs> hell no no all right we'll talk to y'all later see ya Bye.